will be in the book of Job, Job chapter 1. And we're talking about this idea of why tragedy. So we've looked at a number of different things, and usually when we ask this question, why, it's a lot of times about things that we don't understand. So you don't understand something, you say, why would this be the case, or why would this happen? And little children, when they ask those questions too, they want to understand. They want to grow in knowledge. Sometimes it can be overwhelming. Why? 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 But it's for a purpose, isn't it? And in the same way, we ask those why questions. And so we'll be in the book of Job. Go ahead and turn there, if you're not there already. And the phrase I want you to remember is just this, focus our hearts. Uh, Sometimes it's difficult to understand why tragedy takes place, and sometimes we don't even really get the answer to why something happened, why we lost maybe a loved one, or why um, somebody got in an accident, Um, and then we ask why. We don't always get that, but I think I can give us maybe um, just some, some marching instructions as we approach difficulty in the future, because tragedy as we define it today, it's usually not something that's expected, right? When someone we love and care about, maybe a family member who's older, who's experienced a lot of illness, Uh, when they pass away and they go to be with the Lord, it's somewhat expected. When it's a young person or when it's um, maybe unexpected in another way, maybe somebody middle-aged who gets in our car accident and passes away, we go, wait a minute, that wasn't supposed to happen. And we ask why, why the tragedy? So uh, hopefully we can touch on a couple of those things, but I want you to remember a few things in this before we get into the fill in the blanks, just something I was praying over and thinking about this morning. As we look through the book of Job, we ask, why tragedy? What's the purpose of tragedy? And we understand that it's because of the fall. Everything that we experience now, we've talked about that in previous weeks, anything bad, anything sad, anything difficult is because man fell in the beginning. And here's just a couple of things as we think about why tragedy that will hopefully help us. So in the midst of the tragedy, we need to understand that there's this component of testing going on. Um, God's allowing something to take place. We know that from the context of this story, uh, Job's in the situation where Satan's gone to God. He said um, about this righteous man, Job, uh, if I do this to him, if we remove the blessing, then he will forsake you. He won't love you anymore. And so we have to understand that even when the difficulty comes, there's this testing that's taking place. Um, And then in the midst of that, if we can accept that there is testing and that we will experience tragedy and go through that, if we can have this right perspective, there can be spiritual growth. Um, So the flip side of this is if tragedy happens, we go, God, how dare you? You know, I I think about Job, like he could have said, hey, I'm like one of the only righteous people, like I'm super righteous. So God, why did you, you shouldn't have done this to me. Sometimes we do that too. In our anger and the difficulty, we will ask that. We will not understand at times. But if we can approach it from this perspective, then we can have spiritual growth. And then the thing that I think is even more difficult for us, or it's hard to grasp, that while we experience difficulty and tragedy even right now, uh, there's this um, future blessing of being able to help someone else who goes through that same difficulty. Now, it's difficult to, in the moment, go, God, thank you for this tragedy, because in it, I know that I will be able to help other believers in the future walk through that tragedy. So, and with those things in mind, um, I want to share a story with you, and then we'll kind of get into the fill in the blanks and the text in Job chapter 1. Um, I'll put another picture up there. Um, I just put in the slides. You can believe that. That's, um, wait, what direction are we? Oh, that's me on your right. Um, sitting in the lap of my cousin, her name's Courtney, and she 
for years, and you know you can't believe it. You're like, wow, he still has the same size ears. They're just as big, right? So, so, and I know they just didn't they didn't change size. So, um, so, so that's some of my cousins were hanging out, and um, at my grandparents. Um, at a big, really cool place out in the middle of central Texas. So we're hanging out, and um, uh, Courtney, who's sitting there as well, she's actually with the Lord now. Uh, at the age of 33, she passed away. Um, she struggled with a variety of things throughout her life, So, um, and uh, she has a couple of kids and um, left them when she passed away at the age of 33. Uh, she was... She struggled with a lot of drug addiction and problems in that area, and she was found in a Walmart bathroom, just passed out. And because of the nature of what was taking place, um, she found herself in a jail. And one of the guys who was there um, watching things had left for a little while, and he came back, and they thought she had just, you know, passed out again. But she wasn't. Her heart had stopped. And the combination of drugs and other things, she was no longer alive. Now, I remember this was years ago, going to her funeral and... um, uh, going back, actually, I went back this last year. My grandfather passed away that same burial plot, so her stone was done there. Um, and I saw that, and I still have these moments, you know, because we relive the tragedy at times, don't we? And we think, like, you know, God, why? Why did that happen? Um, and in that moment, even though I knew I'd, I'd dealt with that, I'd processed it, and I'd gone, okay, God, I know that you don't waste anything, right? There's a purpose for everything. And I can't tell you how many people I've been able to talk to about her story and just the. Um, the dangers of drug addiction, you know, thinking that there's always a way out or somebody will show up and help me, you know, get out of it, out of an overdose. But sometimes somebody's not always there. And, and so I just a lot of good things have come out of that, but it's still tragic, right? And how God works through those situations where we just go, that wasn't the way it was supposed to go, right? But God already knew the plan. And so as the years go on, I think about those kind of those dates. She passed away at 33. I'm 33 now. And we all experience the tragedy, the difficult things, and um, things you think about in life. Like when you get to the age of somebody who had a tragic event and you're still alive, you go, God, what do you, you, know, what, what do you want us to do? What do you want us to keep doing? Well, serving the Lord, of course. And so I know maybe your family hasn't been touched by a tragedy of, a drug overdose, maybe it was a car accident or another situation that you just weren't expecting. And you go, God, why did the tragedy take place? Um, Well, let's think about it in this context as we remember these things that uh, it's about the test, it's about spiritual growth and helping others who go through the same thing because we don't do this alone, right? And we've talked about that in the last several weeks. And so the first fill in the blank is Job loses his stuff. Job loses his stuff. Now, a lot of times we think that uh, it's tragic when something like that happens, like we lose our stuff. Maybe there's um, a fire or um, maybe it gets thrown out with some other things we didn't mean to, right? We were doing some spring cleaning and we lost our stuff. Well, for Job here, it's a little bit different situation. And you think about kind of being at the bottom of the bottom. This is where Job was. So I'll go ahead and read the first couple of verses, starting in verse 13. It says, Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, and there came a messenger to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them, and the Sabaeans fell upon them and took them and struck down the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. So this is a situation that Job's children are in. Um, regularly they're hanging out, they're having a good time. Job was really well off and his family, so... Uh, they, they got to enjoy life on a regular basis. And if we see, you look at the beginning of Job, you see he's, he's praying for his family and he's, he's offering up these offerings and going, God, if they've done anything, like I want to cover that with this offering. So um, you can't help but love Job 
but the bad news is he, well, he starts to get the bad news. Well, some, uh, some of your livestock, right, the things that you rely on to take care of the field, the plow of the field. Now we have tractors, so if I've seen those driving up and down the road, they're going to keep doing that throughout this season, right? Um, but for Job, I mean, this would have been like losing all of his equipment, the things that he used for his livelihood to plow the field and certainly to give his own family food. <clears throat> now, now we think, well, okay, that's not that bad, right? I mean, you know, we have insurance. Well, they, didn't, they didn't really have that back then, so you lose your stuff, and then there's no way to replace it. So, And this is just the start. So then you go to verse 17, and it says, While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, The Chaldeans formed three groups and made a raid on the camels and took them and struck down the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Um, well, you've got several of these um, lone uh, leftover servants, right? So they think that they're fortunate, but every time a servant comes from an area that he's been given, guess what? He didn't have a job anymore because there's no more livestock to manage. There's, there's nothing else to take care of. And Job, in the same conversation, I'm sure, uh, is going, uh, thank you for telling me, wow, that's really, that's not good. That's tragic, right? And, uh, but you don't have a job anymore. So he's, he's gotten away with his life, but not his livelihood. Um, so I you think about those guys too in this story. Um, so they're bringing the word, um, and they, they've lost something. So the question is, what do we really need? You know, we, we think about like spring cleaning, and maybe you like, you know, keeping stuff, like there's emotional attachment to that. And so I'm not judging there, but um, yeah, sometimes we just need to get rid of things. And so we, we need to do that ourselves or have somebody come help us do that. Um, but for Job, this was, uh, this was a testing, right? This wasn't just a spring cleaning kind of thing. Um, God's going, I'm going to allow this to happen so that I can get the glory. And um, that's hard for us sometimes because we, we have to think about it in this perspective that there's going to be this testing, this spiritual growth that we experience, and there's going to be somebody in the future. And I know it, it's hard to think about it in the moment, right? It's almost impossible to think about it in the moment. When something tragic happens, we, we're kind of stuck, right? We're stuck in sadness and depression and um, anger, too. There's a lot of things that we experience when we experience tragedy. Um, that comes along with it. And we go, God, how could anything good, how can anything positive come from something like this? And it's coming. We've got to be open to it, though, for the testing, the spiritual growth, and being able to help somebody else. Uh, And so that's the first fill in the blank. Here's the second one. Job loses his children. Um, And this is by far, um, you think about losing your stuff, and I think in comparison of losing like a child, um, there's no comparison, right? I would give up everything I had right now, everything I could ever achieve or accumulate in the future um, for any one of my kids. That's my kid who's in the womb right now, and my two that are running around all the time, right? So I would give up anything for them. And I know Job, he probably felt the same way. So in comparison to, you know, oh man, I mean, I've lost all my stuff. Well, now things are going to get worse. He's going to deal with a a real tragedy, because it's one thing to lose our stuff, right? That can happen at any time for any reason. Uh, And so in verse 18, it says, While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. You can only imagine what's going through Job's mind you know, right now. He's going, okay, I've lost everything. Each time there was a messenger that came, and now there's another one. You know, don't, don't tell me. Don't tell me it, right? Sometimes we anticipate the tragedy, and we don't want to hear it, right? But we have to deal with it. And in verse 19, it says, And behold, a great wind came across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young people, and they are dead. And I alone have escaped to tell you. So you you can imagine the the unimaginable things that can happen in in life. Losing 
a child. I mean, this is probably one of the most difficult things, but Job loses all of his children. And I know when we read this book in its entirety, we go, well, Job got back his stuff, and he got back, you know, he got more kids. And so, um, like, everything's good. Well, that doesn't take away the tragedy, right? That doesn't, doesn't take away the pain of the circumstances. Um, <clears throat> some people say, well, it's okay. You know, he took care of everything. Um, but Job has to go through a lot more difficulty before this is taken care of. I think about those two, probably many of us in the room have experienced loss in the form of a miscarriage. Um, I know Christy and I did in the fall, and sometimes we, <clears throat> we think, well, that's not as big of a deal, right, as losing a child outside of the womb. But for us as believers, as we were you know, kind of processing this, we were going, well, if life begins at conception, then it should be just as tragic to us, right, that you would lose a child at any stage. And that's the difficult thing for us. And we look for hope, I think, in these situations as well. And as we were thinking about that and just praying through that, the, you know, the, um, the sadness, right, the anger, the grief, everything that you experience, I kept going back to the testing. You know, what is this for? Why does God allow these things, the difficult things, the bad things, the tragic things? Because he wants us to grow, right? And there's good news too, the absence of experiencing physical pain for a child. doesn't make us feel better, but standing with God in heaven is certainly a comfort, right? So we experience spiritual growth ourselves, and then God always has this plan for us that, hey, you're here, you're still here. It's okay to be sad for a time, right? To experience tragedy, but then what are you going to do with that? How are you going to help somebody else, somebody who's struggling, go, here's how I can help you, because here's what we've gone through. Um, And it's so difficult. And So I just want to share, a. this is just kind of a story of hope. I don't know if it will be sad or funny or weird, but um, we were, <clears throat> it was the day actually that we had found out, so we went through some tests and things, Christy did, and <clears throat> doctor reached out to us and, and just had confirmed things for us. You know, when you're going through that and you think there's the possibility of, of miscarriage or something other, you know, tragic happening, you know, you're praying that that doesn't happen. But if it does, you know, what's your response? And so I was just giving Christy some time after we found out. I was hanging out with the girls, and <clears throat> the girls were playing, and they brought in this lamb. So it was this little stuffed animal. Of course, we have lots of those because we have two little girls at home. And um, <clears throat> she brought in this stuffed lamb, but there was something different about this lamb. We had taken it on a trip, like um, <clears throat> probably, what'd you say, babe, like a couple of months before. So we went on this trip, lamb went with us. As you can imagine, <clears throat> when you take little kids somewhere, you got to have, like, in the car seat, you got to have the blankets, you got to have the snack, you got to have the drink, right? Um, you gotta, everything's got to be good for a long journey. And so we had taken that, and we got back to the house. Lamb was gone. There was no lamb in the car. I couldn't find him anywhere. And that lamb went in that car, all right? So I don't know what happened. I'm just telling you, <laughs> lamb went with us and then did not come back. And so my girls run in, and they, they knew this was the long-lost lamb, right? So uh, they came in, and I was like, I found the lamb. I found the lamb. And um, I thought, no that, no, that can't be. Like, we looked everywhere for that lamb, and she showed me where she found this lamb. And it was in this um, little tiny, it was like a, not like a giant toy box where you can lose everything. Yeah. It was in like this little tiny, like, you know, bin you like insert into this little square. So she pulled it out, and there's probably like 10 other, you know, stuffed animals in there. I said, how, how did you, like, tell me how you found it. <laughs> okay, what, what did it look like when you found it? So all these other stuffed animals were, like, pushed to the outside of this bin, and the lamb's, like, sitting there by himself. And he said, this is how I found it. I said, no, you didn't. Yes, you did. <laughs> no, you didn't. So we went back and forth. 
And so Christy came down, and you know, I explained what had happened, and we just like wept, you know, because it's like you're. I think you you always look like for the good things, right? For like hope in the situation. Sometimes it's just those little things, right? It's those little things that God gives you that you can go, okay, thank thank you, God, for that. And so as we were, I think as we were working through that, and we found that lamb, it was a it was a big encouragement for us. So. It, I hope that in the midst of the tragedy, like as Job's experiencing this right now, I know he's just like, sometimes we're just looking, you know, for like that glimmer of hope. Like, where is that hope? And I know for each of you, it's probably been, you know, one point or another, and maybe it was something small, maybe it was something insignificant. Maybe it was even something you thought that, you know, was miraculous. Like when my girl ran in with the lamb, she was like, the long lost lamb. He's been found, right? And uh, so what good news, and as we were Thinking about this and just praying over Second Samuel twelve twenty three. I read it, read it a couple times throughout the series because this is really how the series started. We were dealing with tragedy. We were trying to figure out how to, how to manage it. God, how do we do this? And so in Second Samuel twelve twenty three, it says, um, "This is David. He's talking to people who are interacting with him about his son who's passed away um, early on in his life." He said, "But now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he will not return to me." Um, so it's almost like the Lord was you know, uh, confirming um, this comfort for us um, that he, he was allowing us to know that our child was with him in heaven. Um, and so that's difficult. I know in the midst of that, it, give, it brings some comfort, but it's still, we still have to deal with the sadness, right, um, and with the difficulty. We have to come at, at it with this perspective. Um, and and that, again, as I was thinking this morning, like I always... I'm always working through the message, like, please don't think I write this like the day before, you know. Um, I'm always working on these things like the text and the study and the stories and the things that go along with them just like, you know, weeks in advance just because sometimes other things happen, right? Tragedy happens and you have to work through that. Um, and I was, just, I was praying about this this morning. God always gives me just um, things for the day of, right? It's stressful because I'm going, God, if you could just do that to me like a week before, that'd be good. And then I, I know what I'm going to say. That's not always how it happens. So as I was praying this morning, um, he reminded me of a few things because we're on Palm Sunday, so we're about to celebrate Easter and what Jesus has done for us on the cross. Um, I just kept, I feel like I kept hearing you know, these words. It was, God helps us through the scars of his son, Jesus, on the cross. And what does he do for us? Well, he, he helps us point others to healing through our scars. So what did God do for us? Well, hey, by his scars, we're healed right? By his stripes. And so in the same way, at times in our tragedy with our broken hearts, what does he do? He puts them back together. And then what do we do for other people? We help them heal in the midst of their tragedy as well. So yeah, so he helps us point others to healing through our scars. Because in the midst of tragedy, what's, what's happening? Well, we know it happens because of the fall, so that's not really a question for us. Now, he gives us the testing, the experience to go through he allows us to grow spiritually, and then he allows us to help others too. Um, and most of us, we, if we were asked, like, would you want to go through that tragedy just to help someone else? Selfishly, I think, and just being honest, we would probably say no. Like, no, I would rather not do that so I could, so I could help somebody else. And so what does God do? He allows it to happen because, and really because he does love us, and he loves bringing glory and honor to himself as well. And we get to be a part of that. So I know it's hard to, like, rejoice in the midst of the tragedy, um, but, but what does God do? I mean, he allows us to be a part of this for other people, right? He doesn't just like, hey, you be over here, you be over there, don't ever talk about what's going on with you, don't ever be sad about anything. No, God's a God of emotion as well, and he allows us to experience it for a reason. Well, where does that bring us to? This is the last fill in the blank. 
thought this would take a long time today. <laughs> Sometimes things are a little simpler than we make them, um, especially in hindsight, right? We're looking back at the tragedy. Um, God makes it sometime a little simpler. And so in verse 20, in verse 20, it says then, and this is uh, Job understands his place. So uh, this is the fill in the blank. Job understands his place in the midst of all the universe. Um, Lana and I were uh, talking about the, that this week. Um, we were talking about God's omnipresence. Uh, so with a five-year-old, um, but she started to get it. Um, so she was going, now when we pray to God, like, does he like show up? Like, is he, is he here? I'm like, well, you got spirit of God living inside of you because you believe in what Jesus has done for you. She's like, oh yeah, I do. What's the way like he's here now? I'm like, well, he's everywhere all the time. And she's like, what? Wait, wait, how can he be over there and here? Well, I'm like, there's a lot of people that are talking to God tonight. Like, as they're getting ready for bed, they're saying, God, you know, thank you for this day. Would you help us? And like, he's like, he's there with us right now. I was like, yeah, he's there with us. And she's like, is he with the whole church family right now? He's with the whole church family. What about people everywhere, like all over New York? <laughs> yeah, what about everybody in Elba? Sometimes she thinks, like, Elba's bigger than New York. <laughs> so what about all the people in Elba? All the people in Elba that believe, yeah, he's, he's with them. The whole world, the whole world. What about the universe? I'm like, yeah, well, if anybody's flying around a spaceship somewhere, you know, then he's there too, but he's everywhere, isn't he? Um, so we get that comfort. So Job, he understands his place in the tragedy because we can just, we can take tragedy and we can like throw it in the trash and just be sad and angry, right? And stay in that place and be like, I don't even want to think about that. But then it just gnaws at us, doesn't it? If we don't deal with it in the right way. So here's what Job does. Uh, then Job rose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshiped. Right? Now that seems pretty appropriate, doesn't it? When tragedy comes, when something awful happens, what do we do? I mean, we don't like, tear our clothes or shave our heads, but this would have actually been a sign of, uh, of cultural mourning at the time. So what did you do when you were sad, when you were depressed about something, when something terrible happened? Well, they shaved their heads, and, at least for the guys. They shaved their heads, and they mourned. But what does Job do here? He said he, fells, he falls to the ground, and he worshiped. The word in the, in the text here, in the Hebrew, the shakal, it just means to bow down. Now, what, what could, have, could Job have done? <laughs> Wait a second, God, you were just having this conversation with Satan about how, like, I'm this righteous guy. So why would you, why would you let this happen? God's going, there's a bigger plan for all this. And one of the, one of the things is to make Satan look silly. What does God do all the time with us? Like Satan gets in there and, and he's like, I'm going to mess things up. I'm going to do this. And there might be a tragedy that we experience. There might be somebody who we love who's struggled with years with some sort of addiction, like drugs or alcohol, and their life ends. And we go like, God, what are you doing? And Satan's in, uh, back there laughing. <laughs> yeah, see what I did? But what does God do through the midst of that? What does he do through the tragedy? Well, he helps us help others struggle with the same thing. And we're able to say things like, hey, this is, the, this is where this road ends because we've experienced this before. Here's how I can help you. I don't want you to end up like that. And so um, we're able to help others, right? That's part of the process, the testing, the spiritual growth, the helping others who walk through the tragedy as well. So, so where is God? Job begins to understand this, that um, God's given him everything, right? And he's taken it away too. And we'll see an interesting response that he has. Um, before I read that verse, I... I was thinking this week, too, because there's a variety of tragedies that we go you know, through throughout our lives, and sometimes we hear people try to give us comfort, too. Right? That's, 
That's always good. Maybe sometimes they don't understand the situation. And they go, it's going to be okay. And we're like, you don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> right? <laughs> so just stop, right? Just stop. Um, well, it was a few days after the um, shooting that happened at my church, and we were at this prayer uh, vigil. Uh, it was at TCU, Texas Christian University. We were on the football field. Um, a lot of churches came out just to offer support and prayer. And there was this Catholic priest that got up, and uh, you know, I was thinking, like, why did we invite that guy? <laughs> I was going to be able to do, but you know, he, he got up and he, um, he offered a prayer that uh, is still a prayer I remember you know, to this day. All he said was, God wastes nothing. And when he said that at the time, I was like, that was a waste of a prayer? <laughs> no. How is that going to help the situation? Because that's sometimes how we respond in grief to tragedy. I said, how, how is that going to help? Uh, but in the days and the weeks and the months that followed, I remember that. And, I, and as God started to move and do things in our church and, um, and bring people to a saving knowledge of himself for this tragic thing that happened like all over the world, like people heard the gospel because of the shooting in our church, uh, just on live television, our pastor shared the gospel um, because of this. And um, so I just kept going like, this, this is my pain now. This is what I'm experiencing. And it's, it's not something I would wish on anybody. But what is God doing? God kept reminding me like, Michael, God, he doesn't, he doesn't waste anything, right? Uh, he doesn't waste anything. doesn't take away our sadness. doesn't take away our grief and our sorrow at times. Um, but he does reassure us. He gives us those little tidbits of hope. He reminds us where we stand, where others stand. And Job certainly understands where he is standing right now, or he's on his face actually at this moment. So what does he say? In verse 21, he says, And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Uh, well, what a perspective to have, right? In the midst of tragedy, we normally get mad at God, right? We normally go, how dare you? Like, do you not know who I am, right? Uh, we get mad and we, um, we start to assign value uh, or more so to ourselves than others. Um, and I, I remember growing up and just um, uh, there was a series of tornadoes that came through. It's tornado season. If you live in the South, you probably see it on the news. Just, we don't experience it here very often. Um, there's this tornado that came through um, Tennessee, it tore up a bunch of things, and there was this guy who, like, recorded himself. Like, this tornado's coming at his house, and he's, like, running into the basement and shuts the basement, and uh, they put it on YouTube. You might be able to find it still. Um, so you hear all the wishing around, like, stuff, you know, breaking, and um, he, uh, he opens up his basement to splinters. And that, that was his house. And he said he actually quoted this verse. So I thought, oh, that's cool. You know, I don't know. I'd be like, <laughs> I wouldn't have words. And um, so when he said these words, as soon as he came up, um, he said, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now that's right perspective, isn't it? <laughs> when, you've, when you've lost everything. And you know, hopefully no family members or anybody was in there. But you know, he gets up there and he's going like, the Lord gave, <laughs> the Lord took away. And blessed be the name of the Lord, right? But it's, um, it's hard. It's hard for us to have this perspective um, but, but what happens to us, right? If you've ever been in the room um, when a baby's delivered, which is like both scary and awesome at the same time, uh, then, uh, then you know, like, yeah, no, there's, there's no clothes, right? So it'd be nice to like, all oh, like, you know, cuddled up and they already had like their baby clothes on. Let me hold the baby. No, that's not quite how it happens, right? Uh, so Job says, hey, I, I came in with nothing. I'm going out with nothing. So that's my perspective. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And uh, here's what Job Here's what the text says about Job in verse 22. We don't know who's writing this, but we know he's got the right perspective. In all this, in verse 22, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. You know, 
That's hard to do, isn't it? God, controller of the universe. Every molecule of our being, the text is very clear when it talks about who God is. He, he holds everything together by the word of his mouth, like our physical beings. He does that. The universe, the world around us. How could you, with all power, and this is this theological question, it's the one that the book of Job goes back to over and over again. The theological term is theodicy, um, and it just means how can God allow evil to exist in the world that we live and operate in? Now again, we know because we've already talked about this, it's because of the fall. But when the tragedy comes, God's trying to help us work through it. Because we lose our our stuff, we can lose people that we care about too. Children here for Job. Um, And um, and then what does it do for us? It helps us understand our placement. It's very temporary, isn't it? And so we experience tragedy all the time. And what should this do for us? Well, it should focus our hearts on what really matters. Does our stuff really matter? No. That was just the start for Job. And certainly our family members and the people that we care about do matter. But putting all this in perspective, when it does happen, we need to remember God's allowing a test to take place. He's allowing spiritual growth for us. He's allowing that opportunity to. We can always turn and go, God, you must hate me because you're allowing this to happen. And then what growth actually takes place? Well, not much of any. But if our perspective can be, when we you know, come out of that uh, proverbial uh, door uh, when we're leaving the basement, God gave, God took away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And it's hard for us too. We can't um, pretend to at times understand other people's tragedy because we all experience it in different ways, sometimes in similar ways. But what is he doing? What's he help? What is he preparing us for? Because Job's going like, I'm going to go out with nothing. Like I came in with nothing. I'm going to go out with nothing. So whatever, God, whatever you want for me now, I, 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 want, I want to know what it is. Um, but what, what, what's going to be our plan moving forward? Well, we've got to be able to help others um, who experience similar types of tragedy. Uh, God didn't just allow us to experience the bad things within this fallen world because he hates us, right? That's not what he's about. He, didn't, like, he doesn't take joy. Now, Satan takes joy in our suffering, but God, when he looks at his children and they suffer, he's not taking enjoyment out of that, right? He's not the God with the magnifying glass and like, trying to focus it with the sun on the ant like, and burning us. That's not, I'm sorry if I just gave any kids any ideas. Um, just hopefully that was common knowledge. Uh, so he's not that God who's like looking and like trying to hurt us and then enjoying it, right? That's not who he is. That's not his nature and his character. But he's preparing us for something greater, certainly for heaven, but then also these opportunities that we have to help others who go through the same types of difficulty. Because we don't do it alone. My guess is even the collective people in the room, even with spring break going on, um, that we've experienced a lot of tragedy in the room, right? So how do we handle that? How do we deal with it? We don't pretend like it doesn't exist. We can be upset with God all we want, but what's the end result of this? If we're really going through the testing and the spiritual growth and he wants to give us this opportunity to help other struggling believers or maybe even help somebody that doesn't have a relationship with God through Jesus um, and they're, they're suffering and they're going through the tragedy. And they, they don't, like, what do people do who don't have Jesus? Like, that, that's what I'm doing. I'm like, uh, there's no hope, right? There's, there's nothing, right? Because if the end of life is all there ever is, you got nothing, right? You got just this life. But we have a hope that goes beyond that. And so I'll close with this, because God wants to do this for us, to focus our hearts if um, we'll allow him, right? Um, and so I'll share one more story. This is, and I know this has been difficult. It's like when we ask the why questions of life, we're like, okay, when is there going to be like a happy Sunday? <laughs> I know you've been thinking it. <laughs> so, 
so Easter's coming, don't worry. Right? Next week will be why Jesus. So why has Jesus come? What's he, what's he, you know, why did he come to the, into the setting? What's he doing for us? Why was he always around? What was his deal? And we'll talk about the church after that. So why the church? Why do we exist? And we'll go into our new series in First Timothy. Uh, but there's good stuff coming. And I think this isn't necessarily bad stuff. It's just how do we deal with the bad stuff, right? Um, which is still good because God's teaching us, okay? So I'll close with this. Um, it's just a story for our family, another one. Um, <clears throat> as we were expecting, been expecting, this will be our fourth child because our third passed away. Um, so as we're expecting our fourth, um, we were we kind of going back and forth on names, and Christy's always just given, been given this like special ability um, to just come up with like the you know the perfect name. Like God's given her some names in the past. I think He gave her this name too. Um, we were out our date night, so we're having a good time, and I was like, "What names do you have?" Right? Because I got nothing. Right? I'm not the name guy. So I was like, "What names do you have?" And she's like, "I don't want to say. <laughs> I want to say right now." We didn't even know if it was a boy or a girl. So like, I don't want to say it because then if it's like not a good name, then uh, then uh, you know that's or if it's, maybe it's a boy because it was a girl name. And I guess you could maybe use this for either. But um, she she looked at me and she said Sydney, and I was like, "Oh wow." And if you don't know the significance of that, for us, my uh, choir teacher growing up at church, who's a really influential lady in my life, uh, she was the first one killed at the shooting at my church. And I struggled. Like, in the months after that, I was like, God, like, she was a great lady. Like, why, you know, why did you allow that to happen? Well, in hindsight, there's a ton of people, a lot of lost people, too, that were impacted by her life. And when she died, they were like, what's going on? Like, I need to come to church. I need to, I need to find some hope, like, in the midst of all this. So all these people got saved because of this. And um, she said this name to me, and I was like, oh, wow, I didn't even think about that. Like, that's awesome. So how do we, how do we move forward, you know, knowing that, like, the pain, right, the pain of those situations, the pain of miscarriage or of losing somebody or anything else tragic happening doesn't just go away, right? And it kind of comes back at times, and we have to deal with that. But <clears throat> how can we move forward in a, <clears throat> in a positive way? Well, this was the way that we uh, wanted to do that. So in a couple of months, I'm praying everything goes in a positive way. Um, Sydney Davis will be with us. Um, but we, we did that because we didn't want to forget the tragedy. I think sometimes we will say, like, I want to get as far away from that, right, as I possibly can. And in a lot of ways, that makes us feel better for a time, Right. But then it comes back, so how do we deal with tragedy in this positive way? I think it has to do with understanding that there's always going to be this test that's going to come when we live in a fallen world. Um, there's always going to be this spiritual growth that we can have if we have the right perspective like Job did. He's like, I'm so small. I'm insignificant in this vast universe that you've created. You've, you've given me things and you've taken them away. Because there's going to be a time we're going to be able to help somebody else. And I, I've already been asked that question before, so why did you name her Sydney? Guess what I was able to do? Share about the good news of the gospel through somebody who was influential in our lives who passed away. And in a lot of ways, we can do that. We can, I don't think maybe the appropriate word is to celebrate tragedy, uh, but we can remember tragedy in the right way. And we can use it as a tool to help others. And this is exactly like, as I was praying this morning, I was like, God, can you just like let me have the points that I had and like let me focus on those? And he was like, no, <laughs> no. So there's the testing. There's the spiritual growth that takes place. Uh, and then there's the helping others when their tragedy comes. Because it's going to come, no matter what. So how do we remember it in the right way? How do we bring it back up in the right way? Because I don't think it's, a, it's about pulling the scab off, right? That's not what it's about. Because God heals us through those situations. 
But then he allows us to not run away from the tragedy of the past. He allows us to go back to it and say, yes, this did happen, but here's what happened because of it. And here's the hope that I have because of the future. Sometimes maybe we don't always have that answer, like that positive answer that we were looking for. Maybe even today, like you don't have that. And you're still like looking for hope. That's okay. That's okay maybe not to have the answer right now. But what, here's I ask this question. What can God do in the midst of that tragedy moving forward? How can he allow you to help other people? How can he allow you to help other people, point other people to himself, to the gospel, to come into that saving knowledge of knowing him? Um, and I don't know what that is for you um, because we all experience different things, but maybe there's something that the Lord has brought to your mind even now, and he wants us to know. Um, I, I think about the words of what uh, Joseph said to his brothers in Egypt when they came to, <laughs> to the palace, wherever they were at, and uh, Job's looking at his brothers, and he has the power to just destroy them, right? But what does he say to them? When they're standing trembling before them, Joseph says, what you meant for evil, God meant for good, the saving of many lives. That's in Genesis 50. And um, So I know it's hard. Sometimes we just need to ask the Lord to even help us change our perspective. God, what are you doing even right now? Maybe you're experiencing a tragedy right now. We just don't know about it. God, what are you doing in the midst of that when we experience that? Like the guy who like, opened his basement, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What's God's purpose in all this? Sometimes we understand it, sometimes we don't. But I think that if we search for it, God can give us hope, He can give us purpose, and He can help us figure out like how do we how do we make this a testimony to God? How do we help others who suffer through the same thing? And He gives us those opportunities if we would just ask. Like don't kick it to the side. Say, I don't ever think about it again. Because it is tough when you have to. But then how can we help others who struggle with the same thing? Because we do this together, don't we? Right? It's not just this family of faith. It's Christians as a whole. It's your family who are believers or maybe not, and they're struggling. How do I deal with the difficulty? Well, let me talk to you about what we went through, okay? So maybe if you're here today, I don't know, maybe you're um, online and um, you've been through tragedy too. If you live long enough, you will. And um, God wants to help you through that. But how do you do that without having a relationship with God? I don't think that you can. Um, and so it's as simple as this. This is what we believe. Uh, allows you to enter into a relationship with God uh, is admit you're a sinner. Right? Everybody makes mistakes. We all fall short of God's glory. Believe that Jesus is God's son, that he died on the cross for our sins. He was raised from the dead on that third day. We're about to celebrate that. Right? So Easter, and we're looking towards that. Palm Sunday, uh, actually, Chris and I were just um, talking about this before the service. And Jesus cried. Like I didn't even think about that. Like, he, he cries before he goes in because he's like, man, they're not looking for the right thing, right? Expecting this conquering king. But how does he come in? He comes in riding on a donkey, but he's going to save the whole universe, right? He's going to save all people everywhere at all times. And on Easter, we celebrate that. But we have to remember what the perspective is. And, and maybe you're going, well, I believe. What else do I need to do? I need, you need to confess that Jesus is the Lord of your life. Um, give your life over to him. Scripture tells us that we'll have eternal life. We believe in that. We'll have the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of us, like I talked with my, my daughter this week um, about. We've got this comfort. We've got this presence. He's with us all the time, okay? I want you to have access to that. That's one of the main ways we work through the tragedy. So be thinking about that. Um, a lot of things can happen to us in this life, the tragic circumstances, uh, but God is allowing a testing, spiritual growth to take place, and he's allowing us to help somebody else in the future going through something similar, Okay? Uh, so let me pray for us. We'll close. Uh, Father, we come to you today and uh, thank you for the hope that you give us and the gospel. When we go through difficult things and tragedy, uh, pray that you help us. Help us to have the right perspective that you give us everything. Uh, if you take things away, if you allow tragedy, 
God, help us to see rightly um, that you own everything, um, that you cover everything, um, that as we think about these difficult circumstances and things that we've been through, things that we will go through, help us to have this perspective that you want us to grow, help us to grow in the midst of the tragedy. Uh, And God, uh, more than that, we pray that um, as we grow, we'd be able to look forward to the future when we might be able to help somebody else struggling with the same thing. If it's somebody who doesn't know you, God, I pray that you give us an opportunity to bring people into the saving knowledge of having a relationship with you like we just talked about. Through that, if it's a believer who's struggling, I just pray that maybe if there's anybody in the room today, um, that you'd offer peace and hope and encouragement um, through how we deal with uh, tragedy in this life. And that's your name we pray. Amen. I yeah. uh, love you, church. Have a wonderful Sunday. And um, then we'll look forward to seeing everybody next week for Easter. Remember, what's that? Oh, we have a business meeting, too. I forgot about that. That's good. Okay. That's what, man, my wife is so great. So, we have a business meeting. So um, we'll give everybody a few minutes, and then we'll come back together.